0: Stuff I Learned Yesterday episode number two hundred and ninety-nine. Choosing what's hard. Welcome to Stuff I Learned Yesterday. My name is Gerald Darnell. My son and I successfully replaced the radiator in my car over the weekend. And I believe that if you aren't learning, you aren't living. In today's episode of Stuff I Learned Yesterday, I share a lesson I learned from a recent visit to a museum. Well, howdy. Welcome. Happy Monday to you. I hope that you had a great weekend and I hope that you are ready for a great week ahead. Hey, I know it's Monday and Monday gets a bad rap, but that's okay. Kick it in the face and have a great Monday. And here's today's fun fact. Did you know that there are around 880 species of birds in the United States and around 10,000 species of birds in the entire world? I think that's pretty interesting. You know what else I think is interesting? Hearing from you. And I want you to call in for this week's episode of the Friday Forum. And as I said in Friday's episode... I forgot about Father's again, I know, it's terrible, but this weekend, even though Father's Day was yesterday, This weekend, this Friday, is going to be our Father's Day Friday Forum. So call in stuff that you learned from your dad, and you can do that by calling 304-837-2278 or head over to goldenspiralmedia.com slash feedback. And another angle you can take is to call in stuff that you have learned by being a dad. So let's pay tribute to dads, even though it's late, uh, this Friday for the Friday Forum. Now, here's what I learned yesterday. Last Wednesday, my family visited the Sam Noble Museum of Natural History in Norman, Oklahoma. Now, Carrie and I were looking forward to the visit, but the kids were not. Visiting museums is not exactly how they envisioned spending their summer vacation. We tried to get them excited by telling them that the museum had dinosaur skeletons and reminding them about other fun museums that they had visited. But they weren't buying it. It was still a museum, and not nearly as exciting as visiting a water park or going to see a movie. So, despite their objections, we went to the museum. Now, it had all sorts of displays about prehistoric life, and there were dinosaurs and plants and giant bugs and fossil samples. There was also a large section telling the history of the Native Americans that have lived in this area for thousands of years. It was pretty cool. Before we decided to visit the museum, I checked out their website, and the website informed me that the museum had a temporary exhibit called Audubon and the Art of Birds that told the story of John James Audubon and featured some of his work. Now, this exhibit did not seem interesting to me at all, but I could not have been more wrong. Because of its location within the museum, the Audubon exhibit was the last thing we saw that day. I found the story of John James Audubon to be fascinating and his work to be even more captivating. John James Audubon was born April 26th, 1785 in what is now known as Haiti. His mother died when he was less than a year old and he grew up in France. To avoid being conscripted into Napoleon's army, his dad shipped him off to the United States when he was 18 years old and once he was there... His story took a very interesting turn. His father had purchased a home and some land just outside of Philadelphia. He eventually met a woman named Lucy and they married. And immediately after getting married, they boarded a steamboat and headed west to Louisville, Kentucky. Now they had a good life in Louisville. He ran two different general stores and provided a very comfortable living for their family. They had four children altogether two boys and two girls. Their daughter, Lucy, died at the age of two, and their daughter, Rose, died at nine months old. Now, even though John was providing very nicely for his family with his stores, his passion was elsewhere. His passion was with birds. His passion for birds had begun when he was much younger. He would spend hours walking through the French countryside, observing and killing birds. He took care to kill the birds in a way that would cause the least amount of damage to them so that he could observe them more closely and draw them. His drawings at first were stiff and lifeless. Now, after some time in Louisville, he had to follow his passion. and With his wife's approval, he headed out to explore the American frontier. His goal was to observe and draw every single bird in America. He wrote to her often and shared details of his journey, and when he finally returned, he had a body of work that was unlike anything ever seen. Not only that, in the process he had discovered 25 new bird species and 12 new subspecies. So he took his drawings to Philadelphia to get them published, but no one there was interested. Now by this time, his money was nearly gone. As a last resort, he boarded a ship to England to find a buyer. Now the response in England was vastly different than that in Philadelphia. His work was praised almost instantly. He quickly found a publisher and began working to create what we now know as Birds of America. Now Birds of America is big. I mean massive. Audubon made his drawings life-size, and that may not seem like that big of a deal for, say, a blue jay or a cardinal, but it is for a turkey or an eagle. Some of his paintings were 39 inches by 26 inches. Now, taking Audubon's work and turning them into a book was no small task. Now, keep in mind that the year at this time was 1827. So here's the process to getting Audubon's work made into a book. It was first traced by an artist. Now those tracings were then transferred to a copper plate in a manner that reminded me of the way today's tattoo artists will transfer an outline to the skin on the place that they are going to put the tattoo. And then another artist meticulously carved the traced drawings into a large copper plate. And after that, the copper plate received an acid bath and then it was ready to use. So then the copper plate was put into a printing press where it was used to create a black and white drawing that had the outline and the shading of the bird. No color was done by printing press. Instead, all of the color was added by hand. 40 to 50 artists worked tirelessly to apply color to each of Audubon's drawings. Each artist had a spectrum of colors that they were responsible for, say greens or blues or reds, and they would take the printed drawings and they would color in their specific colors and then pass it off to the next person where they would then add their colors and then pass it off to the next person and down the line until they were done. In total, there were 435 plates or pages of the book, 185 pages. Total books were made, and it took 13 years to complete the process for making the book. Isn't that incredible? That fascinates me. According to the video documentary that they played at the exhibit, Audubon was an overnight success. So here's what I learned. There's so much more to this story than I can share on the podcast. If what I've shared sounds interesting to you, I encourage you to go check out the PBS documentary of John James Audubon that's available on YouTube. Or go check out his drawings at audubon.org. That's A-U-D-U-B-O-N. What you'll see is that Audubon did not become a world-renowned artist overnight. He spent an entire lifetime honing his craft, He not only had to be able to draw details, but he had to be a keen observer. He had to invent a way of posing the birds so that they could appear alive in his drawings. Audubon had to become a master of pencil, ink, pastels, chalk, graphite, and watercolor to create his masterpieces. And While his originals were stunning, they then had to be recreated for the world, And that process took a team of over 50 people. I know what the documentary meant when it said the Audubon was an overnight success, but the truth is, he was far from it. It took him a lifetime to achieve his dream and the success that he was hoping for. He was 53 years old when Birds of America was finally completed. So I learned to keep following my passion. True passion will fuel itself Another thing I found interesting was that Audubon would get up at 3 a.m., head to the field, gather specimens, and spend the afternoon drawing them. He would then head back out to the field, make more observations, and then draw late into the night. His passion fueled him. I learned that no one achieves success alone. If you look at anyone who has achieved success, you'll see a support team around them. Not only did Audubon rely on other world-class artists, he relied on the support of his wife, Lucy. And lastly, I'm reminded that it's short-sighted to look at another person's success and see it as easy or quick. One observer could look at the fact that Audubon arrived in London and instantly sold his work as an indicator that his success was easy and quick obviously that would be an incredibly short-sighted conclusion. Success is almost never quick and certainly almost never easy. But I think JFK said it best in his moon speech when he said, We choose to go to the moon in this decade and do the other things not because they are easy, but because they are hard. Because that goal will serve to organize and measure the best of our energies and skills. Because that challenge Is one that we are willing to accept, one we are unwilling to postpone, and one which we intend to win. So keep pushing yourself. Keep at your goals. Keep honing your craft. Keep looking for someone to believe in you. And don't give up. It's never easy. It's never quick. But it's worth it. I'm Daryl Darnell, and this has been Stuff I Learned Yesterday. Follow Golden Spiral Media on Twitter at GSM Podcasts and Facebook.com slash Golden Spiral Media. To subscribe to Stuff I Learned Yesterday, visit GoldenSpiralMedia.com slash subscribe. If you've enjoyed this episode of Stuff I Learned Yesterday, I would be grateful if you'd leave a review in iTunes by going to GoldenSpiralMedia.com slash iTunes.